welcome to the Loki Field, where we're all about violating the minds and inner realms of our guests to talk about love, life, and geekery. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Loki Field. Tonight, we have a very special guest joining us, Cody Rain, the founder of the Hitchhiker's Guide to Video Marketing. And in this episode, we're going to get really geeky. We're going to talk about quantum strategy, Superman systems, and just neuro connections. So it's going to be a really geeky episode. So Hi, <laughs> I'm really excited. Hi, Cody. Just for the listeners listening in, yeah. who are you? Like, what's your origin story? And how did you come to be? My origin story, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, I love it because it's actually turned me into feeling superhuman. And I, I've mentioned it on numerous occasions. When you're, when you're able to kind of let go of everything, when you're able to really see things, o- open your mind up, you allow the universe to kind of reward you. And when that happens, you feel superhuman. And so for me, I've always felt like Superman, you know, for, for the, not only was I just attracted to it, but I've always felt like Superman. And the only way I was able to actually put myself in that position was, was by a series of unfortunate decisions that led me to near death. Um, I was on my deathbed. Uh, I am a liver failure survivor, which meant I had 24 years of bad decisions <laughs> starting at eight years old. Uh, that let, went through my DJ career of 16 years. I was a celebrity DJ. Um, wow. And yeah, I, I did over 5,000 events in my career, which is super fun. I Eventually, I just stopped counting. And uh, yeah, so that scene eventually catches up to you and you be a, it, it consumes you. And being a product of your environment and your scene, obviously alcohol is one of those things in that celebrity kind of status at that point. And if you're not taking care of your body, it's going to give out on you. And that's eventually what happened. I lost my house, lost my car, lost my job, lost all of my money. I lost everything that I had ever worked for in my 16 year career. I lost all my progress. And then I was losing my health. And uh, I ended up in the hospital, four hospitals actually. And they gave me about 11 days, roughly 11 days to live uh, to the point where they were just bouncing me around from hospital to hospital because I show up and it was basically like delivering a dead body. They would basically, they would look at me and say, oh, wow. we can't help you. You're, you're dying. Like there's no recovery from this. You're going to die. And this is from three different doctors. And then the fourth one, he says, Hey man, I, I can't save your life. I can't guarantee anything. But if you would like to basically give up your rights as a human being, allow us to do uh, experimental research on you, we can try and save your life. And wow, they put that's a, great. Yeah, it's really intense. And what's more interesting is there's only five places on earth that do what they did. And it was only an hour prior to that incident that a bed had opened up in that facility. So, <laughs> so when I think- I'm of, really curious, like, what did they do? Like, is it stem cell therapy? Because like, I, also have like a really bad liver and was bad decisions from drinking and partying mm-hmm. in my younger mm-hmm. years. And like, yep. how did you go about like That fixing? was, well, the, the concept <laughs> or is- Or undoing uh, the damage. <laughs> you can't really undo it. Um, you can recover from it. You can heal from it. So I, I have stage mm-hmm. four cirrhosis. 
and oh. which is one step or one stage before cancer and you only have one liver so everything goes through your liver i mean it's processing yeah. everything that you eat <laughs> it is your your filter and it's it's really what really, were the really symptoms important. was it like fatigue because i can imagine like just the liver well, is one of the hardest things to suffer well, from. what's that you think of it is it can it does a bunch of different things now the reality of it is it can break down mm. fat right breaks down everything you eat and it flushes things out uh gets rid of toxins um, or it can break down alcohol. So if your alcohol consumption outweighs your healthy decisions, then your 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 liver is constantly breaking down a poison. So it gets really strained and stressed and damaged. And that's where the scarring and all that stuff comes from. And so what they the concept behind saving my life was basically to um do a liver dialysis which they don't normally do it's not something oh, that's, wow. that's not typical yeah so it's like kidney dialysis but how do you do that with the liver and so when i got in there they basically had to <laughs> they had i have this really cool scar um on the right side of my pec right here and it's it's like a big quarter and they had to basically put me under put in this big catheter tube thing link it into my liver and the concept was to basically filter out all of my blood, get all the alcohol out, put it in fresh, everything, just link me to machines. Um, and it was it was torture to the point where it was 11 days, uh, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, couldn't walk, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. I was linked to tons of machines, countless machines, had my blood taken every couple hours, had like 800 needles in my arm. It was just crazy. Lost my ability to walk. And the symptoms with that, um, when you consume enough alcohol, your body becomes dependent on it in order to live, in order to function. So for me, yeah. because I got so deep into the scene, it was just my daily routine. I obviously I'd get the shakes. Um, I wouldn't be able to eat anything. I'd be constantly sweating, really, really tired all of the time, really emotional, got kind of, mm -hmm. you know, turned off real fast, real short tempered. I wouldn't yell, but I would just I was depressed. So your body's in this deep state of depression along with physical being physically drained. And so you're constantly uncomfortable because you're unhealthy. You literally are basking and drowning yourself in poison and your body's trying to figure it out. And uh, so, yeah, one day I just, you know, my, my wife is looking at me and she says, hey, you know, you look, you look a little yellow today. And I didn't know what that meant. I just thought it was the sun. And it turned out that that was the first symptom, visual symptom, that there was something wrong with my body. And it wasn't until a day or two later that um, it, it turns out that while I was resting, two veins had opened up in my throat and uh, I was slowly bleeding into my stomach. And my stomach had been filling with blood for hours and I got blood poisoning. So I got sick from the amount of blood that I technically swallowed. And uh, this was the beginning of, of, you know, igniting this mission back to health because I had to get rid of all that blood. Didn't know that's what happened. And eventually I went to just, you know, go throw up and it was just a stomach full of blood. And it looked like a, a murder scene in the house here. It was, it was horrendous. And uh, yeah. Or so, was it just your wife noticing that you were yellow? That there were like the trigger warning signs. That, that was wrong. that was really it. Be because for me, because alcohol was such a just typical thing. You you drink it. You have you know have it at lunch or dinner. Or whatever. It wasn't even a thing. And 
had she not pointed it out, it still would have happened. The reality of it is that was when it started to become scary. I knew that I was drinking too much. I knew that it was too much a part of my diet, my, my every day. But it was that moment when someone else recognized that something isn't looking correct that we had to start taking things a little bit seriously. I had already been planning on getting to the doctors and working things out and doing these things. But at that point, it was just too late. So for me, what had happened after that, after after that whole incident, you know, they put me in, in the ambulance and they just drove me from hospital to hospital to hospital. And so I landed in that facility and um, it was it was literally, it was 250 hours of torture. I lost 60 pounds in, um, in 11 days. It was about 200 when I went in, 140 when I got out. Um, it took me six months to, to walk normal again. Were you allowed with, family and friends inside the facility or like were you taken away and isolated from the people well, you know? Once I was yeah, once I got there, they had to perform surgery on my throat and sew up those two veins that had basically exploded. So there was nobody in there for that. I had my, my fiance at the time there with me the entire time. Um, it turns out that I went into cardiac arrest twice. So I ended up in ICU on two separate occasions because I was I was dying. Um, even after surgery and all that stuff. So it was it was intense. And thankfully, she was there. Um, she sacrificed a lot for me, like her job, her time. She, she has kids, you know. Yeah, and, and like going through this experience, because they didn't say that it was a safe thing. It was like they weren't sure if you'd come out alive and just being yeah. there and being strong. That must have been yeah. really hot. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, when you're in that state, the the reason why it was torture and she was there through the whole time that I was ripping these things out of my arms and completely belligerent. I didn't even know that I was doing these things. I don't remember a lot of it, but what I do remember was the, the pain and the anguish and then leaving and then all of my hallucinations while I was in there. And it was just, it's, it's, here's, here's the reason why I feel superhuman sometimes is I know what it feels like to start dying. Like it, it. You, most people don't really have never been there, and they won't be there until they actually start dying. It, years and years and years and years. And when your body starts to give out, it's this really amazing thing. There are these moments where it's just this peace and and acceptance, and you, it really nothing really matters. Not that you don't care. It's just what matters is that moment. What matters is what you're getting out of it at that time. And you kind of start debating whether or not if, if dying is a good idea. And you just kind of you just kind of let go. You your your mind goes clear, your body is, is just on its way out. You can't control it. You have to give up control of the machine that you're in. And in reminiscing on that, it's probably one of the most peaceful things that I've ever been through. I've only met one other person who's who's felt that before and you can describe it and the weirder part is I'm gonna feel that again and I'm not afraid of that not that I'm not afraid of death I ju I'm just not afraid of that moment because I know it's gonna be peaceful when I get there yeah and it feels almost it, yeah yeah I was just gonna say it feels like a sci-fi film you're, you're describing and <laughs> yeah how did it affect you after that like what happened like walking out of that facility and almost I having didn't walk a out. second chance <laughs> you did I not walk have, out yeah I, I had to get rolled out of there um oh. you know wheelchair the whole deal 
that process was was really intense. And you look at you know service workers and you look at nurses and, and hospitals in a different way. Because I've never had to really go to a hospital, but being there's all these processes and procedures, and you have to give up all control of yourself and decisions and everything if you want to live. You know, so you know when I got rolled out of there, that was that was the first day of the rest of my life. And from there, it's when, my favorite movie on the planet is Fight Club. And mm. one of my favorite quotes is, once you've lost everything, you're free to do anything. Mm. And it, that played in my mind because I'm sitting here, I don't have anything. I've literally lost everything that I've ever worked for. And I'm in a new city. I don't know anybody. I'm with a new family. I have nothing with me. All of my equipment's gone, my DJ gear, my recording gear, everything, nothing, no job, no money, no, no literally nothing. I've been reborn and I can't even walk. So that's crazy you... because like being in the DJ scene, it's hard to get out after that because your portfolio is just being a DJ. So mm -hmm. not being able to go into that, like how did you pivot? Well, see, how I... did I, I've been a graphic designer my, my entire life. I have 20 years in Photoshop experience. So for me, mm. I'm sitting there going, okay, what am I good at? What can I do? What do I want to do? Um, I wasn't able to get work. You know, I don't have a car or anything. Like I can't get hired at a burger joint. You know, I can't do it. I literally can't do anything. So you, you're put in this position where do you go back and try and get work doing what you're really, really good at? And I was one of the highest paid, paid artists around. I was booked seven to 14 times a week doing doubles. You know, I was making lots of money. I was technically living a dream, like all DJs dream. Mm. And uh, and it was good, but it wasn't, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean it was good for me. So even after that, I was getting different op um, uh, opportunities to go play where I used to play and all these new things. And, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. I, I won't be able to do it. I don't want to do it. It's what put me in the ground, basically. So do I want to go back to that environment? And from there, you, you got to weigh what you really want to do. You don't have to figure it out, but you have to realize what you do not want to do. You have to realize, you, you have to break down what doesn't make you happy. Look at those things and go, I'm not surrounded by these people. I'm not surrounded by the drama. I'm not surrounded by the alcohol or those drugs or those people or that money. I'm not surrounded by any of that stuff. And because that's not an influence in my life at all, what do I really want to focus on right now? Is it personal health, physical health? Is it money? Is it family? What is it? And so I spent it's, months yeah. and months and months trying to figure that out. And a lot of that came from um, getting fit and, and getting into the gym. I mean, I Getting remember your body back. Yeah. I have to rebuild the machine. Literally, it's, it's broken. It was broken at the time. And I remember starting with 15 pounds, and now I'm, I'm able to lift 350. I'm able to press that and push that. And it's, I, it's a different thing. It's a complete journey. But it's the journey to superhuman. And it almost feels like uh, the Matrix scene where you get to choose between the red pill and the blue pill. Blue like pill. go back 100%. to, yeah, yeah, go back to your old life or start something new. And were you yeah. scared in any way or did you just feel like after feeling that peace that you mentioned in the facility, like mm -hmm. you just knew the right path or was it like still you were afraid and there were thoughts we running through? Realize, I, I love that question. We have to realize that we are human. And without a direction, we, we just continue to search, we wander. 
And if we continue wandering, if you're not good at looking, <laughs> then you just continue wandering. If we're on a, on a on a path and we're looking for clues, we're looking for the signs, and that's part of our habit on the journey, we'll find all the signs and all the blueprints and all the clues that we need that will lead us to the de destination unknown. Eventually you figure out where you want to go by going. <laughs> you don't have to know your destination oh. to reach it. Instead of trying to figure it out ahead of ahead of like the road trip, just get your get in your car, get started and go yeah, down that path. Nice. Yeah. And, and this would this would be really interesting because um, all over TikTok there I believe it's called um, quantinating or something like that or aeronauting which is where people are able to pull up random random gps coordinates and then they drive to those coordinates i believe it's called aeronauting and uh, uh, i have to check this out yeah it's really 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 cool so you think of it kind of like i don't have a direction but i have an idea and most of the time when people go in, oh it's called randonauting that's what it is random like random so when you randonaut something mm -hmm. um it's giving you random gps coordinates and nine times out of ten when people drive to these precise gps locations they find something specifically catered to them and who they are wow randonite randonite yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of the coolest things so you think of the rabbit hole you think of the matrix and yeah. being unplugged and being a part of the system in this in this simulation that we're in right now it's just bananas when you think of the possibilities First off, if we're in a simulation with unlimited possibility, why do we limit ourselves? Yeah, and just walking around in autopilot, like with alcohol, with drugs, with mm -hmm. being in a job that you don't really like, all of these things where you just condition yourself not to think. And we are we are conditioned not to think. This is the first step to understanding direction is knowing that you first off have a choice. Second off, you have to accept the fact that you did not choose to make these decisions. You are a product of someone else's decisions. Your belief systems, what you choose to do, everything that you are, you've been programmed at one point of your life. Not even your name you chose that thing. Mm, yeah. Nothing. So <laughs> you've been sponging all this material based on your environment and upbringing. And it's based on that information that you make decisions that guide your behavior. You have belief systems that were not yours. As a matter of fact, this is why we continue to try and please our parents or get approval from certain people. We think it's important. It's not. But we have to accept the fact that we are in mm -hmm. control of our own lives and our happiness doesn't depend on other people. It starts with choice and starts with searching. Absolutely. So when you realize that the power of choice is the biggest superpower you will ever have, your life will change. Because you, before you make a decision, you weigh it against three different things. Does it make me happy? Does it make me feel successful? Or is it gonna make me money? If your decisions don't contribute to one of those factors, then you don't have to make it. <laughs> you choose not to do that. Mm -hmm. Nice. And yeah. off air, you told me something about like quantum strategy. Does this tie into that realm that you're mentioning? Absolutely. Regaining quantum. choice. <laughs> when we think quantum, when we're thinking microscopic, beyond microscopic, quantum foam, we think of like for instance, um, we are 
more space than we are anything else. Literally, the, the, the gaps between the atoms that define us, we are made up of more space than we are anything else. And as a matter of fact, if you were to remove the space between the atoms that, you know, build us, that are our building blocks, you can condense the entire human race into a sugar cube. Like, that's wow. how much space is actually there. So we're just kind of floating around being held together by all these different things and, you know, all that stuff. So when you think quantum, you're thinking beyond microscopic. Things you can't see, harder to pick up. You've got God particles, particles that react based on the fact that you're looking at them. When you are not looking at them, they react and have one frequency. When you do look at them, they change their frequency. It's almost like they know that you're, you're there. It's a particle. It's mm -hmm. just amazing the way that works. So when you think quantum thoughts, you're listening to what people are saying. You're listening to the, to the way that you think. You're paying attention to those things. You're understanding people. You, you're genuinely curious and you want to know why people ask these questions, where, what's making them, what their uh, decision-making, uh, what, what their habits are. You're getting to understand people and you're able to look at people's minds with the words they use, the way they conduct themselves, their direction in life, their decisions, and you're able to see similarities and break things apart and open up these bottlenecks and remove them so people can move forward in life. And so it's really just advanced study of the human mind in real time, which is really- Were you taught this or was this something that you sort of like came across and learned and well, started Well, a, a lot of people would say, your ADD, ADHD, OCD. I'll take all that. <laughs> I'll take all that. And if that's going to help me have a superpower, then sure. Now, it's not like one of those things where I've been studied in a lab. I just realized that I do it really fast. I do these things like I can speak with someone and pull out a whole bunch of different thoughts and take a conversation anywhere I want it to go. Even while doing that, I could insult you and your entire family and you wouldn't even pick up on it. It's really interesting. But I'm... <laughs> The, the reality of the way my mind works and one of my coolest, we'll say, attributes is for me, kind of, kind of think of it like a kaleidoscope. A lot of people look at a kaleidoscope and go, there's so much chaos going on. For me, I enjoy that chaos because I know exactly what to ignore. When I know what to ignore, that puts what I need to focus on right in front of me. So I create chaos, not with people, but visually stimulating things. I'm sitting here in a spaceship, literally, I've got the Tesla of machines over here. I've got a monitor here. I've got big monitors there. There's lights going over here. I've got blinky lights over there. I'm in a cave. I've got this machine and that machine. There's another laptop. There's so much chaos happening. There's a ring light behind me. There's all these things mm. that would normally distract people, yet it keeps me focused. I'm able to sit here in absolute peace and do the things I want to do and get things done for other people. It comes with practice, right? When you get good at questioning things, when you get good at asking the right question, when you're curious about other people, when you're curious about the world, when you're a genuinely curious person, you ask more questions and answer them to yourself. And it helps you think mm -hmm. scientifically, which is why Neil deGrasse is one of the most epic people on the planet. As a matter of fact, there's a sticker of Neil right here. Thinking mm -hmm. scientifically is fun and it just comes with practice. And I love what you mentioned about curiosity. Like, I feel that curiosity is the cure to 
almost like autopilot because when you start being curious when you start asking questions you just get pulled into the present moment and um, you get pulled into yeah like the just here and now and Absolutely. that in itself is very meditative so do you meditate in any way shape or form or is like how is your meditation practice how do you keep present how do you keep grounded and how I, do you stay here like you seem I, to have I, this really chill energy <laughs> well i I'm, I'm super chill like honestly i'm i'm a cool cat like I, i'm raised with music uh, music has been a major part of my life now when it comes to i i have to look at myself from a very interesting standpoint because we have to first off you got to think of what it is to be human right mm. we, we have no what mm. idea what it's like to be god or a god or representative of god or whatever so my meditation practices comes down to focusing on the machine that i'm stuck in i'm stuck mm. in this thing my only limitations is the body that i'm in so the more i understand my body through fitness the more i'm able to really kind of hone my mind so my daily routine is i'm up at i don't know 4 30 in the morning and sometimes a little bit later and i'll either hit the gym or i'll hit the living room <laughs> and i'll have a full routine the point of the routine is to i call it focus in slow motion where it's not to focus get through the motion. motion focus in slow motion so it's instead of going i'm gonna do 500 of these i'm gonna do four of those as slow as I possibly can with absolute control and focus. And I want to understand the, the, I want to feel the, this machine grow. It's almost like, like, like <laughs> my first thought is like, I can hear my hair growing. That's really what I'm talking about is I want to feel these muscle strands stretch. I want to feel these things kick in and release and have control. And then I also train my mind to kind of focus on like, while I'll be doing a push-up or something, I'll focus on my pinky toe or a muscle yeah. that's in my heel. So I can kind of autopilot my progress. And that comes with practice. And when you do that, when you take things slow, you're able to, once again, aside from being curious on what you can possibly do, you start to realize what you're actually capable of. And then you start pushing boundaries. Keep in mind, I'm not the most fit person on the planet. I'm a hundred times more fit than I've ever been in my entire life. And the repercussions of those actions of this practice is I'm happier than I've ever been, stronger than I've ever been, more successful than I've ever been. I've got better connections than I've ever been. I'm constantly in a state of growth. I'm constantly finding opportunities. The world is rewarding me every time I turn around. There's something new for me to do that's going to help me continue moving forward. I've met so many incredible people. I've, I've, it's just amazing what you do when you take care of yourself. That's like true superhuman stuff right there. And it allows me to help other people, which is my purpose in life. I've realized that I'm still here so I can help other people succeed. Yeah, and mentioning curiosity and being curious about the human machine, the human body. I never thought of that. Like I always thought to attribute curiosity to thoughts, ideas, other people to um, just questioning life, but to get curious about your physical human body and like, like isolated muscles, like your pinky toe, the way you mention <laughs> it is like 
crazy. And yeah. Did you just go out and try that? Like, how did this was, idea come about? It was never a thing until it was a thing. And I say that because this relates back to the road. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew that I was enjoying the journey. The go My goal in life, it's not even a goal, it just is. And a lot of people forget this. Life is an experience. We're gonna have, we can't have an experience in nothing. Like even after we die, like something has to happen. It doesn't just go black. Life, this journey that we're on right now is meant to be experienced. And we are our own captives. We create our own prisons. We, we create our limiting beliefs. If, if we're in the matrix and we're plugged into a simulation and that simulation gives us the possibility to do absolutely anything, we choose to do nothing, you're not even experiencing the simulation. You're not even experiencing what is remotely possible, right? So when it came down to me focusing on the machine, once again, I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. I just allowed myself to evolve into the type of person that is genuinely curious, respects this machine, and wants to see what it can do. Eventually, I'm going to end up doing some things that I've, I've, I never thought possible. I do have goals for my, for my body, not like fitness goals. There are moves, there's things that I want to do. So part of my journey is conditioning my body to be able to handle what I really want to do, because I'm a break dancer. There's one move that I want to do, and I'm close to doing it. <laughs> now, here's what the trip is, is what happens once I do that move? Am I done? Do I stop focusing? Or do I take it to another level? I'm really good at going beyond the destination. That's considered follow through. That comes with practice, right? So you have to allow yourself, when you're curious, you allow things to happen. And when those things happen, you learn what you like. More importantly, you learn what you don't like. And as long as you're not doing the things that you don't like, you're the happiest you'll ever be. Hmm. And that's really crazy when you hit your destination, other doors open up beyond that because you didn't even previously know what your destination looked like as vividly as you do as when you hit it. So when you hit yeah. that move, like other doors will open up and you'll be like, what if? Like new questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally feel um, that once you hit a goal, it's your moral obligation to help others reach that same goal or something similar. This is why having a support system, this is why I have numerous programs, this is why I have you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide. It's not, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to Video Marketing, it's it's really the Hitchhiker's Guide to YouTube. How do you dominate a platform? How do you- And that's a really geeky name. So yeah, how did it, that name come about? The Hitch, I was the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe, that's, or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's one of the best movies ever made ever, right? Mm. I, I was, man, yeah, I was watching agree. that forever. Okay, it's so incredible. It's it's just packed with comedy, but they bring up some really interesting concepts. And so for me, first my first introduction, I'm sorry, my first we'll say experiment with that name was, um, uh, I create. I was I'm still a graphic designer, but I was asked to design a flyer called the Raver's Guide, the Raver's Guide to the Universe, which was an hey. event that we did years and years and years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And it was this really big show. It was super awesome. We had tons of fun. And then I started thinking about this stuff. And we have to realize that for every person, everyone that we are, we, we are more similar than we are different. 
So let's just say you enjoy what I'm saying. Well, at minimum, if only 1% of the population was similar to you, that's 70 million people that feel the same way that you do about what I'm saying right now. Well, that's a crazy statistic. <laughs> and to put that into perspective. Right, exactly. So <laughs> that's only 1%. And I'm a, uh, you think of it like what you put out into the universe. This is why we don't see race. We don't see color. Or I personally don't. I don't get it. Like it, when I see this machine, when I see what, everyone is designed, we, we're all the same. We are so much more similar than we are different. I do not see how people can look at other people as less human. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand that. That's, that's mildly frustrating to look at somebody and go, they're different than me. That doesn't mm. make sense. They, how does that actually make sense? How are you different? On a visual level, you might look or appear different, but you are human. You have the same set of limitations that I do. You bleed just as much. We are all in the same simulation, man. Like how are we, why are we focusing on differences? This is where like true superhuman, this is, okay, now that I'm saying it out loud, this is real superhuman stuff, is being able to disconnect from our physical boundaries and unite people on their similarities. You're helping people evolve to be more human. It's just, mm. it's a trip, but that comes with that curiosity. <laughs> I didn't know that I was as curious as I am until I started practicing curiosity. Just ask why, hmm, tell me more. Explain that, so what's new? Oh, I get it, so what does this mean? This is the same way, this is what you're actually really good at. So elaborate on this, what does this mean? You're picking up on certain words and you want to hear more. You are a genuinely curious person that are, that's actually out there to help other people succeed with your own curiosity. I love that. And off air, yeah, off air you were saying like uh, this really quirky thing about Superman and <laughs> like he's an alien, just like your explanation of why Superman. Because originally we thought it would be Iron Man because you're into systems, optimization, all those yeah. geeky things. and. You mentioned Superman. That really like surprised me. The answer that you had. So well, can you share I'll, that. I'll share the difference between the similarities and the difference between those two. Iron Man all day. As I was describing the spaceship that I built for myself, that I operate mm -hmm. in all day long. Literally, my background has been Jarvis. I I can talk to different things and they speak to me. I'm all about it. I <laughs> Graphic designer. I'm like, give me the lasers and give me the highlights and all this stuff in Iron Man all day. If I could walk around in an Iron Man suit with air conditioning, I would I would die. Like that would be so amazing if I could function in an Iron Man suit. That'd be crazy, right? Now, my discrepancy with Iron Man is Tony Stark is an ass. Like he is <laughs> as a person. <laughs> as a per he's a punk ass, right? Excuse my language. Hopefully I'm not getting that. But yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is he is a he is a billionaire playboy. Not anything, what I'm saying with that is his blatant disconnect from humanity is insane. And it's mm. over amplified. And we have to look at his superpowers. He is just human, that's it. He has the same mind that we do, he just thinks differently. He's able to connect things in a different way, therefore he's able to benefit in life. He's, this is actually, when you look at it, there's only three things you need to be successful at anything. You want to make a million dollars? I'll show you how to do it. You need the right mindset. 
You need specialized knowledge. And you need a blueprint. Mm -hmm. Tony Stark has all three of those things. He is a go-getter. He's out there. He'll grind. He'll put in the work. He's done the work. He, he'll take an opportunity. He'll create opportunities. He attacks it. He wins. He's got specialized knowledge. The dude is a genius. He knows stuff that we do not. Yeah, the, and the way his mind sees things and puts exactly. things together. And because he can see that, he can label a blueprint. He could design his own blueprint in real time. His real superpower is being slightly more, slightly above average. Mm. Which when you think of like the 1%, being 1% smarter than you really are could be the Tony Stark. Seriously, that, that could be exactly what that is. So given that he's got the three things necessary uh, to be successful, awesome. He did that. He is great. But he didn't evolve as a human being. Through the movies and all that stuff, yes, you watch him grow. He's got a kid. He's doing all these things. It's really great. He's also self-centered, full of himself, blatant narcissist, asshole. <laughs> Do I connect with any one of those things? Absolutely not. Not at all to the point where people look at you and go, you're like, you're so confident. I'm just kidding. You're full of yourself. No, that's not the case. I know what I'm talking about. And I believe in me and I inspire myself. Just because I don't need you doesn't make me a narcissist. It makes me a well-rounded human being <laughs> that can take care of himself. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. You see what I'm saying? So that narcissism and all that stuff with Tony Stark, that doesn't sit with my core. Mm -hmm. I know who I am and I know what I'm affected by. Tony is one of those people that I would watch walk down the street and never look twice. I would never look back. It wouldn't even matter. I'd be interested in the mm -hmm. suit, but that's it. Then you have the flip side of Superman. This being is an alien from outer space. He cannot die. <laughs> he has yeah. all the power on the planet. You can't even hurt his feelings unless you're Lois, right? <laughs> and even then he's good to go, right? He, we have to think about this. This alien human being that can do absolutely anything. Literally, he can like take out Chuck Norris. He doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the world down. He can literally send us and evaporate us into entire different dimensions and things. He could do absolutely anything he wants to do. And really what he wants to do is be the best example of what a, every human should be. He could do anything in his superpower is showing us what a decent human being looks like. Holy crap! Like that is bananas. You really gotta look at that. He's the sweetest person on the planet. He genuinely wants to see you succeed. He wants you to be happy. He's here to help you. He will go out of his way. He pays attention. He listens. He's forward thinking. He has a genuine, just his whole existence is based in peace and happiness. If he could stop all wars and all that stuff, he would. He doesn't enjoy fighting. He's not about that. He is a peaceful human being that believes in the human race as horrible as we are, as damaging as we are. We just poison everything and hurt everything. And he is the shining example of what it is to truly be human. I, I love that. And I love how it ties back into what you said about what's the same and what's different. So he's, <laughs> he's literally from a different planet. And instead of seeing what's different between uh, planet Krypton and Earth, he yeah. finds similarities and he 
embraces his humanness, even though he just grew up here and he yep. learned to call Earth his home. So, just, yeah. If an alien can do it on planet Earth, <laughs> I'm sure humans who are actually from here yeah. can take that example and uh, do that too, even if they're not superhuman. You, you know what's funny? I'll, I'll say it like this: we got aliens floating around. There's so much stuff happening. The simulation, mm. there's glitches everywhere. Like we can go alien all day on this, and it would be sad if <laughs> Superman. If they go like, "Hey, we saw Superman. Can we, can we meet the guy?" Uh, <laughs> that's like a shining example of everything that we're not. Um, we have these guys over. We don't need. Who would we really introduce an alien race to? Like when you think mm. about it, like I don't, I don't know. Like I can't. I personally, I can't think of anyone. Maybe there's somebody out there that go like, I would totally introduce them to Seth Rogen. Ha! Word. I'd do that. <laughs> that makes sense, right? We totally do that. It, it's there's just so weird. I don't know. It's just amazing. So for me. When it comes down to looking at the possibilities, when it comes to looking at journeys, looking at systems, looking at entrepreneurship and um, and just moving forward in life, when you're genuinely curious and you understand people, you let them get away with a lot. And when you let them get away with a lot, it's it's kind of, it tests you just a little bit, but you have control over your emotions because you understand why you feel the way you feel and you understand why they do the things that they do. And you just you, you just care less. You don't react anymore, you respond. Because we are only human. I have a question on curiosity. Like, how are you able to be curious even though like you're geeky, you're into like psychology, into human behavior, into asking why? Is it still like, how do you get curious? Like, how do you get into that? vibe of curiosity is it learnable yeah. for someone who maybe not um, naturally curious yeah it, it's really something as, as simple as developing um, a healthy habit so if you like for instance if you okay I'll, I'll show you like think of it kind of like an affirmation this is the easiest way to do it and my example is when i was getting fit I'm sorry. That's every day. <laughs> I've got I got three women in the house here, right? Two little girls mm. got the wife, right? Yeah. You have the big mirror, and so I'll roll out of bed and then look in the mirror and go, "Damn, I look good today." <laughs> right? They're not going to say it. They won't. They will not compliment me, which is totally fine, right? It's not their mm. thing, right? Not saying that I need it from them, but the point is, is that I need to take care of me. This compliment is a necessity. It's healthy. I have to look at me and appreciate where I'm at, regardless of what I look like, whatever. Now, what happens when I do that, first off, is that becomes a thought. I actually think that, damn, I look good today. Word, high five, dude, you're killing it. But then also what happens is because these women expect me to do that, they think that thought. So I can walk up to the mirror and then in their own mind, they hear me saying, damn, I look good today. Now, that's not even my thought. I don't even have to say anything. They just say it now. Now they think that, okay? So this is how affirmations work, is when you, this is called an, uh, a political truth. When you're told something enough, when you create a pattern, it becomes a part of who you are. And actually, technically, it takes 60 to 62 repetitions before you create a new neural pathway in your brain. All those little valleys in your brain, you do it 60 times roughly, and you'll create a whole new line right there that's specifically for that new thing. So when you look at it like, I'm developing a healthy habit of getting curious, 
there's a lot of different ways that you can be curious. So tell me more. See, that's interesting. Teach me. Seriously. If you get into the habit, say, teach me or tell me more. When you let people speak, right, you will learn a lot. They will continue speaking until you basically interrupt them. And right? also, yeah, also like you're training your reticular activating system to yeah. look at yeah. things that may not have been there before. Like, what exactly. can I see today? And also like changing the narrative in your head. So if you want to be curious, tell yourself that you're a curious person, like change that story of like, there, you know everything there is to know. Like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, well, and you, you also, you, you can, <laughs> I'm with you. And one of the, the coolest things to do, one of the things that I always tell everybody is everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn. There's mm. so many things that I could learn from you that I I didn't even know I was interested in those things until you started talking about it. Now that we're on the subject, you know, tell me more. Like I'm interested. Oh, I get it. Right. So you just find a way. You if you tell yourself, I'm a naturally curious person. What does curious mean? Right. It means that you want to mm. know more. Like tell me, tell me, tell me. Learning, learning, learning. When you put yourself in a, a state of growth you basically are constantly breaking information down. You're making use of your time no matter what. You're studying things. You're, anytime that I'm in between clients or I'm, I'm working on something and I have something on in the background, it's a documentary, it's um, one of my mentors, it's, it's a class, it's a program. I'm constantly in a state of learning. Otherwise, I kind of feel like I'm dying. I kind of feel like I'm wasting um, not just my time, but my potential. And mm -hmm. so, it's really hard for me to get bored because <laughs> I'm curious what else I could find interest in. And it's time into questions. quantum physics. Like if you being curious, that sends out a message to the universe, like send me more things to be curious about. Yeah, and exactly. You get interested people, interesting conversations and just interesting yeah. coincidences. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the main questions, obviously we have who, who, what, when, where, why, and then how. If you get yourself into a position to ask how, how does that work? How does that work for you? How does that make sense? Right? Or in the, in the habit of saying, tell me more. Or here's one of the driving factors that create conflict that we need to avoid. When we ask the word why, if I say, why did you have me on the podcast today? It may be a situation where you get defensive. Most time people get defensive when you ask why. Right, so we try and avoid that. But if I said, "What made it? What motivated you to have me on today?" It's a whole different narrative. You're more open. I'm gonna learn more from you by asking what motivated you to have me on, opposed to why did you pick me. Mm. Right. So with that, that, it just opens things up. You get you're you're opening the doors for people to give you more information. The more information you know about a person, the, the better the, the observation you're gonna have, right? I, she said 10 things I don't agree with. Whoa, okay. If I didn't ask that question, I would have gotten to the bottom of that. I wouldn't have understood it. I wouldn't have understood her or him or they or that. <laughs> or then, I wouldn't have understood that time, right? Mm. So it just comes down to training your mind through very simple things. Even just saying, I want to learn. Tell me more. I'm a curious person. I'm naturally curious. Curiosity is my superpower. And yeah, exactly. Of... Exactly. You oh, see, look, 
I opened that door. You said it. Actually, now I can start saying it. I didn't know that I wanted to say that, but you said it. Superpower. Curiosity yeah. is my superpower. 100%. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll yeah, that, I love that. that <laughs> Curiosity is my superpower. And on the topic of why, I actually got kicked out of school for asking why so many times. So, yeah. Yeah, just it sounds, uh, to some people, it sounds really like an attack of like, why are you asking me why are you questioning my belief or why are you questioning this and right. find ways to just enter their world without making it seem like you're attacking it like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the times people are very guarded and just if you can find a way to make them open up you'll be surprised you'll learn so much that's here's the thing we, we can't make anybody do anything hmm. we can help them open up we can help them explain themselves. This is where, like, when you put yourself in a position, I can say, why were you asking why so much? <laughs> Just yeah. saying that isn't enough for you to be like, well, I was, I wanted to learn. No. <laughs> oh, you could go even deeper. When you really want to understand something, there's something called the seven layers of why, which wow. is the seven layers of why you ask somebody why seven times but you have to do it willingly you can't just like jump up on them and be like i'm gonna ask you why seven times you have to be really trying to get to the bottom of something for the sake of growth so hmm. why did you start your podcast today or why did you start your podcast oh because of this that the other and this, this other thing oh cool so why is that important oh because of this this and this but why well because in my house i didn't really have much support and i got kicked out of school for for being curious, I wanted to create a platform. For why? Well, because I want to, you know, not just explore what's in my own mind. I want to provide information to other people that are listening. But why? Because I I was never in a position to receive the information that I wanted. So now I created something that other people can listen to. But why? Well, <laughs> because I want to see people shine. Because I want to see people flourish because I want to feel connected with other people and I want other people to feel connected to me because I feel like I have a lot to offer and, and most people don't realize that I'm here. I feel like that if I create something that people will add more value to the person that I am. I mm. feel like I want to relate to more people. When you do those things, when you ask yourself the seven layers of why, you will get to the root of why you continue doing what you do when you get to the root of why you have a podcast, why you say these things, why you made that decision, that can now be the forefront of every decision you make. Mm. Now you know why you keep making episodes. It's right. not because it's that. fun. It's not because it's this. It's because you want to continue helping other people relate to other like-minded people so they can feel close to one another, right? Who knows? This is just off the top of my head, right? That's crazy and that's deeply profound and a lot of the times people don't even know why their why is their why <laughs> I guess yeah. it sounds weird to say but like only when you start asking them that seven layers of why the way you said it that they start thinking and for the very first time like sometimes people stop at two or three whys and you keep on exactly. asking why and then it surprises them like it's self-inquiry for you it's self-inquiry for them and yeah. it's crazy like how deep the rabbit hole goes <laughs> yeah, that rabbit hole can can go on forever you know but it's it's 
it's important that we explore the journey. It's okay to go down those rabbit holes. As long as, you know, like even, you know, I'm all over TikTok. I, 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 big, my following is growing every single day. Lots of interaction. That algorithm alone will take you on rabbit holes that you really didn't even know you were interested in. And so you mentioned TikTok. Like, how did you get into that world and into like video growth hacking? And did you choose this or did it just happen? Well, it's me, I'm as a designer, you know, I, I've been a, a graffiti an artist my whole life. I've been in numerous art shows. I'm an alumni of the raw art show. Um, and for me, my whole YouTube, my social media presence, it started on YouTube after liver failure. So I spent all my time over there trying to grow as a person studying business. Um, I, I, I was never over there. I've never wasted my time over there. I've always used it as a learning tool. Um, and so because I spent so much time over there and I'm a genuinely curious person, I started studying the platform uh, to mm -hmm. the point where I was actually able to get monetized on that platform in only three months. I was able to use my IT skills, uh, my, wow. my online presence, and in three months, I was able to get them to start running ads on my platform and I made money. And that's the reality. That's where the game shifted is because I could barely walk, yet I could dominate a platform. And the reality is, is I, I looked at myself and said, hey, if these kids are making millions of dollars just eating hamburgers on YouTube, I have art and knowledge and inspiration I can actually share, I have life experience. And so I, I created a channel called Better Than Bad. And better Than it, Bad. Yeah, and it's for everybody. Everyone's better than bad at something. And for me, it was Photoshop and art. So I talked about, I would, I would have introductions to all my episodes and I would talk about life. And I would talk about inspirational, you know, uh, aspects and even talk about my liver failure, use that, captivate their attention. And then I would show them what it would actually take to design a cinema quality poster for like the movies. And wow. it would it would go something that was just like, um, what's it called? So instead of taking, showing you all 12 hours of the design, I would condense it into five minutes. I make it kind of like a music video. So I was able to do that. Wow. And then now, yeah. Even now I, I'm ranked uh, 72 on YouTube for graphic design. And then, so do you yeah. do that on TikTok also? Like, is it more educational it's, or personal yes. branding? It's, it's a little bit different. So for me, I'm no longer on social media for the sake of getting known. Uh, people know me and mm. it, it comes down to branding your story. So every time I get a chance to tell my story, I meet more and more and more and more and more people. And yeah, branding is story. <laughs> the power behind you as a person is what drives engagement. So once I dominated YouTube and built my business, started helping all these other people, built the Mantis program, Course Creators Academy, Brand Ambassadors program, Hitchhiker's Guide to Video Marketing, started working with all my clients, building their products, their services, their systems, their websites, all of that stuff. Then I found TikTok. <laughs> And hmm. you know, I've got two, two, there's two girls here, uh, 12 and 14. They're on TikTok all day long. And to the point where I'm like, do something with your life. Then quarantine happened. And then it was just this thing, like, if you're not on TikTok during quarantine, you're really missing out. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Everyone jumped on TikTok. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So it's good for business. And, you know, um, what is it? TikTok is a $75 billion industry. Like they'll be going public real soon here. The, the CEO of Walt Disney just became the CEO of TikTok. It's like a wow. big thing. Yeah. 
So yeah, and Gary Vaynerchuk called it a long time ago, and people yeah, were laughing he, at TikTok. And now it's becoming exactly. more and more monetized. Gary V, he's he's one of my mentors. He's you can you'll see if you go into Better Than Bad Photoshop, you will see an episode I dedicated strictly to him, and it was for his birthday. And wow. uh, yeah, so I put it into a, a video, a music video, and I created this thing, and I actually printed it out in a poster, and it was in an art show and all kinds of stuff. And so TikTok. When I got over there, that's he's the reason. Initially, I started a TikTok because he said you need to go over there. I didn't really, I didn't understand anything, so I didn't do anything with it. And then I jumped back on it in quarantine. So I, I was back there. I don't know. May first is when I released my first TikTok video. And what is it? The eleventh today, twelfth today. Um, yeah. So now I'm coming up on six thousand followers, three hundred thousand views, sixty thousand likes, all by just being me right sharing your cool story and your, yeah, your flavor and your personality yeah i'm just expressing myself and just being my most authentic self now i've got experience i've got growth success happiness all of those things and one of the things that i get told the most is your smile so contagious and we love your energy keep doing exactly what you're doing and so i just keep doing it i listen to what people are saying which is not just a marketing tactic but it helps you grow and then you just, it's your honest expression of self, which is Bruce Lee's quote, <laughs> expressing oneself honestly. That's what Kung Fu is. It's what martial arts is. And so being on that platform, I've attracted tons of people, ridiculous amounts of engagement. And the coolest part about that is once I reach my thousand followers, I'm able to go live. Now I've been live on Facebook thousands of times, right? My first live on TikTok got hundreds of people in there. I actually made money. I made five cents. <laughs> and so I'm like, what, dude, I got paid to go live. Then I go live again. I have 230 views on that one. And then I made $3 and then there's $15. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. It's just engagement and it's authentic. It's real. It's beautiful. It's passionate. It is the human race at its finest. I, I'm really curious about like TikTok lives. Like I've never heard of that. It's like similar to Facebook lives or it's the is same, it its own? Yeah, it's the same thing. So when you go live on TikTok, um, you have the same like questions that roll up. Like people can jump in. You can, you have can jump in. Yeah, anybody can watch you and they'll, you'll show up on someone's you know feed as you're scrolling through it. You'll be live if you land on the For You page. Um, people can see it also in the top of their notifications if you're following them. Um, you will see that they are live and you just jump in and ask questions and all that stuff. So for me, what Crazy I've noticed cool. is, yeah, is when I'm going live, I'm talking about life and love and light and connection and communication and triumph and depression and success and happiness. And it's just a whole bunch of people that really can use the support. And this is because of quarantine, because of what's happening. There's a lot of people that are looking for someone that can sh shine a light. And so I'm that person over on TikTok. So I, I noticed my, my followers are growing much faster. It's more fun. You get ridiculous amounts of views. It's all about supporting each other, lots of engagement. And one of the coolest things is people go, hey, where can I buy your stuff? And I'm like, hey dude, the link in, the, in my bio there. And uh, you can get the Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, you'll, you'll find me over on the Mantis program. I have numerous stores you can buy merch from, all that stuff. So it's a different type of platform and it's just fun. It really is fun. You get to be exactly who you are and, uh, and find the people most likely to benefit from your existence. I love that. And is there like a 
specific niche that's coming in on TikTok. Like it started out with just the younger generation. Now more and more it's getting varied. Is there a certain There's... personality type or is it just everyone? No, no like, it, all it's... Walks? What I have noticed, you'll, you'll see it. Everyone gets views, right? The amount of views yeah. is different. It, it depends on likes and interaction and whatnot. Uh, what you have noticed, what I've noticed recently is people that <laughs> don't know anything. They're like, I'm just a regular human being. I don't have much to <laughs> offer. Um, anybody else don't have much to offer? You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, there's a yeah. whole clique of people that just make videos for other people that don't know how to make videos. And oh, wow. they blow up hundreds of thousands of followers. And then you get down these rabbit holes where there's people who have PhDs and you have teachers and, and um, you know, uh, meditation artists, like spiritual growth experts. Then you have uh, chefs and, and I mean, literally there's a niche for everything over there. And, um, you know, even hackers, right? There's alien conspiracy stuff over there. It's wow. just insane what's out there. And you get to see the rawest form. Then now we have like a lot of political stuff that's happening. So you'll see a lot of that, which is fun. And you get yeah, to- Yeah, my younger sister was telling me about TikTok for like a long time now. And just now when the quarantine happened that more and more older people are starting to notice it. And yeah. it's crazy that the younger generation is so like, they're, they're so ahead of their curve. like doing um, TikTok videos at like 14, 15, I would never have imagined younger yeah. me getting interested in that realm. And yeah, here they it takes, are. It takes a lot of extra influence to get kids to kind of unite like that. More and more people are going to be online. More and more people are online. As a matter of fact, I help people build businesses online. That's where we are. I call it the LOL, LOL our life online. And when you look at the LOL, it's, that's everybody they are we are in we are online as we speak literally and so when you when you're encouraging people to unite digitally it's just creating a connection you feel like you're a part of something and that that's one of the biggest things that i've noticed about TikTok is it's shaping culture it's not just mm -hmm. like some place to do dumb videos and you don't have to dance. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to Yeah, because that was the original stereotype, like dancing yeah. for one minute and then Yeah, it, not even a thing. As a matter of fact, the videos that get the most views are videos of people going, look, it's my girlfriend over there spending two hours trying to make one video. And this is me just sipping a Mai Tai, getting TikTok <laughs> famous. And the reality is, is this person that's what they want to do and then this guy over here is just making fun of someone doing what they want to do and it's even funnier right mm. so it, you're able to cross contaminate content in a really healthy way and uh spark a lot of similarities in people and, and that's where i'm going with all that that ties back into what i'm saying is tiktok shows you how similar we are I love than we that. are different and the similar similarities between the age groups like oh yeah. i didn't know all of us had this in common and yeah what i nice what i have that. noticed yeah on a physical level you can when you see like keep in mind you don't i i don't see teens on tiktok at all anymore at all like initially i saw some stuff i don't even see my own the kids that are in the house here they don't even show up that's because it's not what i'm looking for and it's not what i'm really interested in i i have grown so much in the last month by studying other people by paying attention to what they're saying, by watching them unravel 
by watching the questions that they have, by reading the conversations that's actually happening over there. Because I'm genuinely curious, I go down these rabbit holes and I'm learning. I'm learning English, like, I mean, like words I've never heard before. I'm, they're becoming a part of my vocabulary. I'm learning different meditation mm -hmm. tactics and ways to focus on myself. Meditation on TikTok. I yeah, have it, <laughs> it's all in there. And so there, you go and look up just hashtag meditation. Millions and millions and millions of profiles or videos that are oh. that are all meditation. And um, everything has a story behind it. And it's not just your typical stuff. Everything is creative. Everything is real. And the stuff that gets the most views are the things that are most authentic. You're watching a real person do a real thing. It's not like Instagram. There's no Instagram angles. There's no tricks you can do. It's funny. Like it's fun. It's entertaining. It's passionate. It's authentic. It's real. It's an extension of who you are. I love that. And I love how it ties into branding being storytelling and TikTok mm -hmm. being showcasing a flavor of story that isn't normally available in other platforms, be it Facebook, be it Instagram, be it LinkedIn, be it Snapchat. It's yep. each of them has their own flavor and it's nice exploring those different flavors and different parts of the story. Absolutely. Of the same story. So it's it's nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. And just before we wrap up, I ask each guest who pops on three questions. Mm -hmm. And question number one is, in a perfect reality, in a perfect world, what would that look like? Where would you be waking up? Who would you be impacting? I'd be exactly who I am right now, impacting the same people that I am right now. Mm. Love I've, that. I've already found happiness and success. This is why I continue to attract yourself. How do you think I got here? That's crazy. <laughs> I'm just literally coming having a second chance at life like you mentioning what happened your story yeah, and I getting success. to yeah so <laughs> that right there this is every day is the best day of my life like today is the best day of my life and it doesn't mean that yesterday was worse and it doesn't mean tomorrow isn't going to be better and it doesn't mean something catastrophic and amazing and, and magical i didn't win the lottery i'm here man <laughs> like i am delivering i am me I'm happy. Today is the best day of my life. And I know beyond any reasonable doubt, regardless of what happens tomorrow, it will also be the best day of my life. Yeah, and your energy is contagious and just like bubbly <laughs> and like on the quantum side of things, it's just shining. Thank you, thank you. I, I get that often. <laughs> yeah, like even if it's virtual, like it's just crazy, so. That's awesome. Nice. Question yeah. number two, what's, what's the other one too? Question number two is, what's a deep, dark desire that keeps you up at night? Uh, desire that keeps me up at night. Um, yeah, or just something that keeps you up at night. Just it meant to be an abstract question that makes that's good. me think. Something that keeps me up at night. Um, what? Because I'm such a connected human being, I feel like the world is, there, there's two things that are happening. There's things that I wish for the universe, wish for the world, and there's things that I'm seeing. Right now, I feel like the world is waking up. Mm. And I feel like there's, it's going, it's, I, 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 I can feel the universe shifting. I can feel these things. So it's really deep in regards to when I break it down, I can't really put my finger on it, but I know it's happening. And- The glitches in the matrix, more yeah, and more starting more, to be visible. It, 
opposed to the glitch, it's more like new code is being injected into the world. Like people are, are starting to wake up and on a universal level, I feel more connected and that's scary. Not for me, not for me at all, because things that are new to people, that's scary for them. And so because I've been so connected my entire life and I feel the world waking up, I feel like people are gonna go into a state of panic and they're gonna, as more connected as we become, the more anxiety is going to rise in the world. It could be my own anxiety spiking for no reason, but <laughs> I like to think that I, I can feel things on a certain level and it, it's scary knowing that the world is actually waking up right now. Yeah, the chaos and also it feels weird. Like I describe it as like it's softer and gentler, but at the same time, it's shaking people up. Like people are yeah. not used to this yeah. weird, strange feeling and I, it's yeah. scary it, a lot of people. My, if I go a little bit deeper on that, it even hit me today to the point where, you know, like on a, I, I was watching this 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 black guy and he's on TikTok and he's just crying. He's got his mask on. He's obviously, you know, he's worried about his health and all this stuff. And he's finally feeling, he's like, you know, the white people have been so nice to me lately. Like, he's like, I'm starting to feel like, a human being and it's so weird to think of so because like how can you treat someone less than human or more importantly how can someone feel less than human that's crazy i personally know what that feels like because my dad treated me horribly i thought i was just a number and he treat he had kids to so we could do all the stuff for him it's just yeah. like feeling it's just weird and to see people unite there's a lot of emotion that's happening right now and i know that the world is going to get through it it's just weird to, to think of that the world is waking up and it's becoming a world of unknown. Even though it's it's designed and founded in similarities, there's still some scary aspects and, and we're gonna see another uprise of something. Something, something is, it's not solidified yet, right? So that keeps me up just a little bit. That's crazy. And also like, it's a weird, uh, this, is, this is a weird uh, confession. Like for example, the idea of most most of us grew up in families that were broken and um, like unwanted children and just that stereotype of we're okay with not being hugged and not being loved and like we're used to that but then when suddenly the world starts showing kindness it's mm -hmm. just so different on a global level yeah, yeah on yeah. a global it, level it's like yeah it, you know you, you really happening? think about it well see for me when i started building my businesses i started thinking about my support system and, and going, I never had a support system. I never had anybody, anything there. I Like the fact that I'm not dead on drugs or in jail is, is seriously, maybe that's my real superpower. I've been through all of them, but I, I've never committed to one of those um, repercussions. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at that and I don't know, it, it's just, you think of the support system that's there now or the support system that's building, the bridge that is being built right now is, is it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And you're right. You know, most of the people, I'll say it like this. You and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation if we didn't have a similar past. I'm actually, mm -hmm. now that you've mentioned that, absolutely. I know for a fact we wouldn't have crossed paths. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have crossed Trey's path. He and I have a very similar background. And all the people that we work with have very similar backgrounds. 
We're attracting like-minded individuals on the same mission, on the same path. We're all equally successful in our own ways. That's why we do what we do and continue doing it. And yeah, it's just amazing. You look at what's happening, you look at people waking up, you look at, the, one of the things that I always remember is never let go of a kid when he's hugging you, when they're hugging you. Let them hug you, let them pull away first because they are getting what they need from you. They are gonna hang on to you as long as they feel is necessary. If you pull away first, you're actually teaching them that it's not important or that they are, that they can't honestly express themselves. And I think relate that back to the human race right now and going, people are giving some really big hugs right now. <laughs> uh, we need that. And yeah. you mentioning like the cosmic humor and attracting like-minded people. It's crazy because I don't usually go this deep down the rabbit hole, but it just feels so natural to have this topic and to share it and more and more it's being accepted by the world like it's yeah. just we wouldn't be having this conversation and <laughs> talking about these like tangents and these things if the world didn't need it so yeah that's well, crazy of, and that's one of the coolest tactics i love that one of the coolest things and, I, and you could you could practice this any of your listeners can practice this when someone pulls up uh something that they, they don't enjoy about themselves like something they're not interested in, something they don't like they go like hey man i just don't like this i'm like dude that's awesome what are you talking why? about that's awesome well first there's a lots of different reasons why that's awesome first off you're accepting the fact that now you know what you don't like cool man you just realize what you got to work on what you want to work on you just created direction brother work get it go man that's awesome you don't, you, you don't always have to bask in each other's emotions. We can actually change the narrative on that negative thought. Man, do you, you, you feel a little disconnected today? Dude, that's awesome. It's really important that you feel that way because when you feel connected again, you're, you're gonna know exactly what you've gotta do to get out of it, man. I'm excited for you. Like photography. Here's, like yeah. having, if there's too much shadow, then increased light. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't, you can't, you know, can't rain all the time. You can't enjoy a sunny day without some rainy ones. You know, nice. it, it's, it's absolute truth. So here, here's the other thing. Now that, now that I said that, when you're genuinely curious, you're excited about what you don't know. You're no longer afraid of the things that you don't know anything about. You're like, I don't know what's happening tomorrow. Dude, that's so exciting. I have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow. I don't even know what's gonna happen the next few minutes from now. That's awesome. Like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm experiencing life. So everything that happens is like a, its own moment. You get to live in every moment, super excited about the next one. Mm, yeah, introducing uh, the element of curiosity to fear and it turns into excitement. It's just a exactly. tiny angle different. 100%. That's it a little bit. So really crazy <laughs> and really cool. And yeah, let's go to our last question, which is, what's a guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure? Donuts. <laughs> Donuts, this like is... the sugar in it? Yeah, okay, like, here's here's the thing, like, I'll, I'll, get, I'll go physical, then I'll go mental, right? <laughs> I have a very conflicting kind of thing here. I haven't been asked that question in a long time. Here's a guilty pleasure. Like, seriously, my mom was a pastry chef, so we had cupboards of sprinkles and so we walk home and or we get home from school and it smells like cake 
Like she was in magazines <laughs> and all that stuff. Cake all the time, frosting on everything. Oh, that's right? a perfect childhood. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, but you got sick of it. So I stopped eating pancakes. I stopped eating donuts. Stopped doing Ooh, all that stuff. Wow! As a kid, you stopped eating yeah, as a kid. Well, as an adult, it carried through my adult life. Like I never went to a donut shop for like I don't know 25 years. And it wasn't until after I recovered from liver failure, they're like, hey, you're gonna try this donut. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was just really good at saying no to donuts. It's not like I didn't like them. The reality is, is I didn't want to like them because I liked them my whole life. And so I had this donut, I gave in, and oh my God, donuts, they're so good. I have the emotional, just, oh my, it's just, oh, comfort foods, guilty pleasure for sure. Oh my God, it's just amazing. And so I've Denying been- Denying it for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, it's amazing. But then also I'm into fitness. So I'm thinking like, okay, okay, I'm working. Here, here's the reality with people that work out. Either they work out because of what they eat or they eat so they can work out. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it changes. Yeah. <laughs> like I constantly work out so I can eat what I want. And then there's the people that's like, I eat whatever I want, so I have to work out. Right, mm. I, I'm the first one. So I've been in situations where I'm doing crunches in the living rooms, and there it is, a smell of banana pancakes, Jack Johnson, right? And Jemima, ah. and there's some butter. And I will literally get up from doing crunches, eat like four bites of pancakes, doused in syrup, and then go back to doing crunches. Oh, it's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. I love it because it's something that I know is an issue technically. <laughs> But, and I, I give up control. I can say no, I just really don't want to. But I also have an addictive personality, hence the alcohol and all that stuff. So I know what's happening and that's an interesting experience. And it just makes sense for me to just indulge. I really want it. I'm satisfied in my head already. So might as well just eat it, I'm gonna, you know. But then here's, here's the, the, the other attribute, um, the mental attribute. I was raised having the absolute crap beat out of me every single day by gangs, by by so-called friends. I mean, I've been left for dead underneath diesel trucks, hitchhike home, bleeding from the ears, and then get home, my dad beat the crap out of me. Like, it was bad, like, to the point of suicide, uh, so, or being suicidal at 14, and it was just horrible. Me, I am a fit human being, right? I'm, I'm, I'm what people call shredded. I've been dedicating two days of my, two, sessions a day for years so yes i have results it's great when i see someone kind of getting what they deserve that like very deep down satisfies a part of me that was never satisfied because i was the victim i literally was a victim i was the smallest kid around i was the most picked on i was i was the thing that you, i was the puppy that you kicked i was that trash that you left on the side of the road or at least i felt that way and so when I see like people kind of getting what they deserve, I have this very visceral response, not saying like they're hurt or they deserve it, but it's, I'm a good person and I had to grow through the pain to be the person that I am today. And then these people getting what they deserve, whatever, it satisfies this micro element in my mind going, yeah, that's right, you did it to me and I asked for nothing. You actually did something and now you're getting what you asked for, but I still don't wish that pain on you. I have it's a, a question around that. Like, yeah. it's so easy for hurt people to hurt other people. And mm -hmm. growing up, you were hurt a lot. So how did you become a good human being as opposed to 
being another bully or, or being another person in that vicious cycle. You have to ask yourself, does that pain, the physical and emotional pain, do you really, really wish that on another human being? Like, you have to really think about that. The people that give the biggest hugs are the ones that need it the most. The people that give the most compliments are the ones that wish you would compliment them. People are leading with with their dependencies, with their issues. You, we just we just don't see we don't see it sometimes. Most of the time, people who have, if you choose, now you have to remember this: we are products of our environment. We are product. We did not choose this. We based on repetition. We have there's a there's the reality here is you can react or you can respond. When you react to your emotions in the best way that you know how, which is probably violent if you were coming from that type of environment, then you don't have control over yourself. And then the only way to change that is to accept the fact that you are out of control, which you probably were not trained on how to accept a truth that deep. If you're not trained to think scientifically, if you're not trained if you're not bred, if you're not conditioned or programmed or injected with the capabilities to self-audit, to look at who you are, then you're going to continue doing what's normal. The mm. best way that we can do this when someone else does something wrong to us, the be I, I was just on a TV show a few weeks ago and she told me this. She says, you know what? I let people get away with a lot of stuff because in their mind, they were probably thinking that was the best decision at the time. Mm. And when you think about that, you go, what type of processing must that person have for them to really conclude that that was the best decision at the time? It allows you to just kind of take it less personally. You may be physically hurt or emotionally injured, financially, whatever. But the point is that when you look at people and go, they probably thought it was the best idea at the time, it changes the narrative and the way you feel about that. Now, when you, the, the topic, the concept is growing through what you go through. Here's another thing we're not taught. We're not taught to look at ourselves and go, what do I like? What do I dislike? But the reality is, is how many times have we been asked? More importantly, how many times have we asked ourselves, what type of person do I want to be? Mm. Because when you're raised with that question, then you go, well, what, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a self-loathing, depressed ass that in that hurts other people, that is, is uh, uh, self-sabotaging and this and that? Or do you want to be the strength? Do you want to be the light in the darkness? Do you want to be the hand? Do you, what type of person do you really want to be? Now, if we're trained to ask ourselves that question, what happens is we, we find direction. When we find direction, we have purpose. Most people don't know what their purpose is and they continue to seek it for their entire life. Therefore, they never live life to its fullest. I, I love that. I love your story and what you shared. So similarly, I was bullied a lot and I just wasn't listened to. I wasn't heard. I was different. Like being half Asian, half Middle Eastern, you didn't belong to either sector. Mm -hmm. And my superpower became being present and fully seeing another person because that was what I always wanted growing up and right. it was something it was a choice it was a decision to 
be that person for other people because I never got that for myself. So asking those questions. The seven layer of why, you get it? I told yeah, you, yeah, we were getting there way early. See what I'm saying? Get there earlier, ask why earlier and just- Yeah, yeah seriously. We're also not conditioned to accept the answers. Mm. Yeah, that's a crazy point that you bring up, like not conditioned to accept the answers and to be okay with the answer, even if it sounds scary or it sounds weird or you don't like the sound of it, yeah, but yeah. hearing it out and testing it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Not everything yeah. is, is permanent. Here's the reality with, with everything that we've talked about, being superhuman, quantum strategy, thinking scientifically, all of that stuff. One of the things I learned from Degrassi is there are three truths, okay? There's your personal truth, your political truth, and then there's your objective truth. When you understand how they relate, it changes the way you see things and the way you feel, and more importantly, the way you interpret information. Your personal truth, this is something that you've chosen to believe. You can make all the decisions in the entire world and you choose to believe this. The most honest example is, is God, right? That's a personal truth. You choose to mm. believe in God or a God or the concept of God. We have people that don't believe in that at all. That's fine, that's their, that's their personal truth. Their, they believe that, that's, that's for them. Then we have our political truth. The political truth is something that's been repeated to us over and over and over by parents, by our friends, by society, by TV, by social media, by whatever, right? So for example, mm. you go, I'm, I'm half this and I'm half that. I don't fit in anywhere. Somebody told you that at one point and you probably yeah. repeated it to yourself a billion times. I don't yeah. fit in, I don't fit in, I don't fit in. Now it's not just a personal truth. You actually feel that, you believe that. And more importantly, because of that objective truth, because you thought it so many times, because it was said to you so many times, it's now guided your behavior. You've made decisions based on other things that were repeated to you. Yeah, yeah. Your entire future, the entire course of your life has shifted because you listen to it. Not, you can't fault yourself for that. Were you conditioned to think otherwise? Absolutely not. You probably didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. Then you have the objective truth, which means it doesn't matter what you personally believe. It doesn't matter what you've been told. No matter what you say or what you feel, this is the truth. This is the science. It doesn't matter how you feel about the tones of my voice. It doesn't matter how you feel about the words that I use. No matter what you say or what you feel, this is absolute fact. You can't mm. change it. No matter how you react to it, you cannot change the fact that I am absolutely correct with what I'm saying. Absolutely passionate in all of my words. You cannot change the fact that I care about the person that you are and I genuinely want to see you succeed. Wow. wow. This is true. Now, what if that last sentence I just said to you, you were repeating to yourself over and over. You're going, people do want to see me succeed. <laughs> people do want me to be the best version of myself. People are here to support me. You repeat these things and then you choose to make that a personal truth. No, I believe that. I absolutely believe. It's not just something I think, it's something I believe. 
You've now taken a, an objective truth, repeated it to yourself, and now you choose to believe it. It's a part of who you are now. Mm. And that's it goes back control. to choice and what you mentioned about choosing like that. Exactly, exactly. So you, when you recognize the power of choice, now when you flip it and go, look, brother, you're just, you, you're choosing to believe something that's not factual. You're choosing to believe something because you were told that. If they fight that truth, you could see what type of mindset that they're in, right? Mm. You can, you know what I'm saying? So like if, they, if it's solidified, they choose to believe it, even though here's the science behind it, you could see how solidified their mind is. This is where people, this is why when you wanna grow, you have to shift yourself into a growth mindset by accepting your personal truths and weighing it against the stuff that you've been told your whole life. Mm. And getting playful with truth, like I, I love Deadpool as a character. Like I relate the yeah. most with Deadpool. Yeah. Just getting curious about your own truths. Like, yeah. For example, yeah. mine was uh, I don't belong to either either cultures. I'm not a Middle Eastern. I'm not Asian. And later in life, it shifted to I belong to both. Like just yeah. playing with truth in a cheeky Absolutely. way, and that uh, comes with curiosity, inquisitiveness, asking questions, and. Your seven players of why. Yeah, absolutely. Think about this. When you go like, why do I believe this again? No one yeah, ever asked yeah. that. Why do I believe this? Well, where'd you hear it? <laughs> I heard it in a movie once. Well, why do you believe that? Well, it was said like this, but that's not that's not a reality. That's not true. That's just something you believe. Think about that sentence. That's not true. That's just something you believe. Mm. And are you okay with that? Yeah, like seriously, when you're self-auditing, you really think about that. That's not that's not truth. It's just something you believe. Whoa, why do I believe that? <laughs> Probably because you were raised in this environment. You've been through that. You know what this is like. You are the product of your environment and your repeated conditioning. Get yourself out of that environment. Surround yourself with people to help you think outside the box. Hell, man. Like kick the roof off this thing, right? Most right, people you to explore. Yeah, do something, right? It's yeah. a trip. So scientific thinking, when you really get curious about your thoughts, about who you are, about what you like, what you dislike, define what success means to you. What does that even mean? What does success smell like? What does it smell like? When you feel successful, where are you? If I hit a button, and you were successful, what does that even mean? Does it have anything to do with money? Does it have anything to do with friends? Are you wearing the same clothes? Are you wearing the same perfume? Like what does success actually mean to you? What is happiness? <laughs> See I my little that. ones, like happiness is me, 100%, <laughs> you know? I love that. And thank you so much for this crazy conversation. This is actually the longest episode I've ever had. It's <laughs> like much shorter, but I love this episode. And is there any quote or question or insight that you'd want to leave people with? The, the, the last thing, honestly, I don't care what your background is, what you choose to believe in, what you feel about yourself, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, you attract success and happiness once you define what it is mm. think about it like really think about it it doesn't matter what you're doing you could be 
Are, first off, is this the happiest you've ever been in your entire life? Here's another question. Is this the happiest you can ever be? Can you be happier than this? Do you even have a, a, a unit of measurement? If this is the happiest you've ever been, does that mean this is the happiest you're ever gonna be? No. What else can contribute to that? Define what makes you happy by recognizing what doesn't make you happy. My analogy is if you're making a sandwich, think about all the things you don't want on the sandwich. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not like, hey, what do you want on your sandwich? Oh, I want, you know, lettuce and you got bacon? Let's put some bacon. It's so simple to build a sandwich, but it's it when you, dude, I don't want sand on that thing. I definitely don't want any catnip. I'll go crazy. I don't want, hey, don't spit on that either, right? I don't want these things on my sandwich. Now, if your sandwich is what's gonna make you beyond happy, let's figure out what you don't want on your sandwich. So I make the right sandwich for you. Oh, yeah, and getting to terms with like, for example, are you neutral towards pickles or do you not like them? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you, okay, pickle. Yeah, you can you can break it down. When we go quantum, do you want your pickles heated? Are these going to be packed with sodium? Do you like the ribs on that? Are you oh, like Right. When you go microscopic, when you think quantum, <laughs> and ask those questions, you define first off who you are, what you want, what you like, what you don't like. Once you realize how happy you actually are then you'll start to feel like you've achieved something. What happens after we feel like we have achieved something? You start to feel successful. Yeah. And if we are the happiest we've ever been and have recently achieved something that we didn't even know we were trying to achieve, we're starting to feel successful exactly where we are right now. We start to attract successful people. How do you think I ended up on your podcast? I was just a crazy coincidence. <laughs> like you literally came up on conversation and like Iron Man as right. Trey was trying to think of who he was. I was like, but Trey, think about this. <laughs> Trey is successful. Trey wow. is feeling successful. Trey doesn't feel competition in all these things. He's like, you got to talk to my boy. You got to do this. He's successful. I'm successful. Is it as successful as he's ever going to be? That's up to him. Am I as successful as I'm ever going to be? Probably not. I have a lot. I got a whole life. I'm not even halfway dead. And I feel successful. Got a yeah. whole life of success to live. <laughs> I love the quantum world and just the way it works. It's crazier than the movies. Like, as crazy as that sounds, um, <laughs> life is stranger than fiction. So. Yeah, it's a trip. When you experience life and you become the, the version of you that you really want to be, I recently did a TikTok and I said, if you were stuck in a room, with the many versions of you, would you enjoy yourself? Wow. That is the question to ask and leave the listeners and also myself. Like, that's a crazy question. Think about so. that. Some people go, well, depending on the day. Well, that's another way of saying no. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Here's the reality is I could be in the room with me. What's up, bro? How you doing? Chilling, man. Oh, it's good to see. <laughs> hey, did you get that thing done? Yeah, it was crazy, bro. Oh, word. Hey, did she get back to you? She did, man. You had a kick-ass conversation. Is that that one chick that had that, that she had a really interesting name? Yeah, dude. It was super dope. We had this really long conversation. It was super fun. We went quantum, bro. She's super cool. Man, that's so great. I'm, it's so cool to hear that you were able to meet someone. So awesome. Thanks, brother, dude. I really appreciate that, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm chilling, bro. I'm working on this thing over here. What are you working on? Oh, I'm, this right here, I'm building this thing for this website. Is that the client that said that one thing? Yeah, man. 
Are they happy today? Totally. Oh, you feel good then? Absolutely. I just had a full-on conversation with myself. Like, that was real time. I would totally hang out with me. I love that. Because I enjoy being who I am. And I am the best version of myself I've ever been in my entire life. And it's just the beginning. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation and for hopping on. Absolutely.